Hello and welcome to Faking Lit, a book club podcast in which I sit down with some very good friends and we talk about a book that we have read. My name is Xinxi and welcome to 2019, baby! Yeah! Oh, I am having a wonderful 2019. Incredible, incredible 2019. How's everybody else feeling? And who else is joining me? Hello, I'm Johnny Gillum. I've had a, I'm having a good 2019. I've, uh, I've not really started work again yet, so I've just been, uh, I've been drunk since uh, the 27th. Is that how you spend your time when you're not working, Johnny? Yeah, I mean, look, you can come to my house and look at my life and put the two and two together. Okay, all right. Uh, oh, I, I, I just thought, like, you'd be... I came here to discuss books, not to be judged. I'm just saying, look, like, this is... Look, I'm not here to offer any judgment, but, like, if I can offer you my personal life hack tip, instead of drinking when you're not working, why don't you do what I do, which is read a book? Um... I, I, I feel like it was judgment. I feel like... Um, I feel you're struggling with this concept of swapping alcohol for books. Um, lifestyle just pleases me. Uh, 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 um, okay. Whoa, that, I didn't even hear this guy come into the room. Who is this shadowy figure that just snuck up on us? Hello. I'm Thaddeus Bullets. Oh, that's a manly name. That's a manly name. And you are a manly man. I'm surprised you're actually able to... Six foot seven. Yeah, and yet... Made of steel. <laughs> you didn't make a sound as you came into the room. That's my training. How, what sort of training is that? I train U.S. Army SEALs. Army SEALs? Yeah. The Army SEALs. The toughest of all the types of SEAL. <laughs> so they're actually SEALs. Actually SEALs. Not not um men who are a crack oper- operative team. Yeah. <laughs> you gotcha. <laughs> I don't think that answers my I question. I also train the trainers that train the SEALs. Okay, all right. And those guys... Oh, mama. Those guys are tough. So let me clarify. You try train army SEALs. I'm a trainer of trainers of SEALs. What operations do army SEALs do? Basically, SEALs are the most versatile animal. Okay. They can travel on land. They can travel underwater. Okay, yep. They can also balance balls on their noses. Okay. They can wield rifles. Can they? Can they? They can play jump rope. How's that? Versatile as hell. How's jump rope? Whenever there's water involved in in a U.S. Army mission, they get the seals in. How does jump rope help the military? It's coordination. Okay. Okay. Determination. And, co- and coordination again. Was there ever a mission that you were on where the SEALs had to use jump rope to resolve a, a, a situation? Yeah. Yeah, you could say that. <sighs> <I'm not> gonna... <laughs> so you're not going to elaborate then? Are right, you just going to smoke a cigarette? And... I'm not smoking a cigarette. I'm just breathing in deeply. <laughs> <laughs> I like to mime cigarettes. Cigarettes are a sign of weakness. Okay. All right, Thaddeus. Um, 
Well, you know what? I'm 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 down with this. Johnny, are you happy with Thaddeus to join us? Just um, getting some water out of my canteen. Yeah, I'd like to see his thing will probably have an interesting because he's a survivalist, Thaddeus. He is. And that might link into the book we're talking about. That's a very good point. Uh thank you, Johnny. Thank you for reminding me why we're here today, which is to discuss a book. Um today's book is gonna be um one that's actually close to my heart. It is The Road. Uh, by Cormac McCarthy, not to be confused with On the Road by Jack Kerouac. Totally different books. Uh, On the Road is about an itinerant writer who's making his way through America and being a hippie. And The Road is about a man and a boy trying not to die in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. So, you know... <laughs> exactly. Is that how you see like, the world, Thaddeus? That uh, is the world. A post-apocalyptic waste. That is the world. Okay, I think you, you, you're very intense, Thaddeus. You're very intense, and I think... I, He's I an intense man's man who is currently munching down a box of Christmas chocolates. <laughs> with, um, with <laughs> He's enjoying them, but he also seems to be enjoying the overcoming the chocolates. <laughs> I think I think I guess as a survivalist, you got to take your uh, your calories wherever you can. Yeah, uh, yeah, you do. You could say that again. <laughs> okay, <sighs> okay, okay, Thaddeus, Thaddeus. Um, right. Let's. I, I mean, have, are you from? I, first of all, are you familiar with this book, The Road? You, you, I mean, usually I invite people on the show, um, and we have this agreement amongst all of us that we have read the book that we're about to discuss. Yeah, and so. Yeah. Do you have a history of this book? You could say that again. It was it was nineteen ninety nine. It was the millennium was coming up. Robbie Williams was on the air. I was in Malaysia fighting the Viet Cong. They'd escaped Vietnam, and they'd started trying to take over Malaysia. I was there with my SEAL trainers, and it came under fire. 18 days we sat under fire. Fire above, ice below. And there we were, stuck in the middle with you. <laughs> Why was that ice below? Because we were at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you find that funny, punk. I'm sorry. I'm this is life and death. We lost a lot of good seals no, in that it's, war. It's, 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 it's a purely a nervous, nervous laugh. You're very intimidating, Thaddeus. I sometimes might sn- snort laughter when I'm terrified. Um, and you do terrify me. So if I laugh at any point during your stories, it's because they're kind of scary. That would be a good, you'd be a good character to have in a Vietnam movie. <laughs> he, he laughs when he's afraid. Yes. So then, when you're finally take, you're tortured by the Vietnam, Viet Cong, by the Vietnam, um, <laughs> by the Cong, when the, uh, the goddamn Cong. Okay, oh, cool. Okay. See, I'm laughing again because it's terrifying. It's terrifying. I'll stab your eyes out. No, I won't. Because <laughs> okay. I have self control. I wake up every morning at two a.m. Stop it! Stop it! You gotta, you, you gotta make me wet myself. Um, sorry, Johnny. You were saying, you were saying about like the the Vietnam Cong. If they are Viet Minh. Or um, coming in to torture you, you're, yeah. you're captured behind enemy lines, mm-hmm. and they come in with their like uh, their torture device, their pincers, their um, their uh, the backs of hairbrushes, yes, yes. Uh, things that cause pain, and they approach you, and you just go. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, this guy's a badass. I mean, it, I mean, we'll have to torture him extra hard. 
it, it well, it's 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 um, a very rare phenomenon to be locked into what I call a perpetual uh, fear laugh uh, cycle, where a person comes in and terrifies you because they're about to talk to you, and you start laughing out of your fear. And they get terrified because they're looking at you and they think you're the maniac. So they start laughing as well. And then you look at them laughing at you laughing and think they're crazy as well. And you just end up all laughing like it's the end of a Saturday morning cartoon. And that's how you, that's how you ended the war, isn't it? You just, uh, realized you weren't so different after all. You could share a laugh. <laughs> well, share a brew. Oh no, just, end, no, just ends, cuts the credits of everybody just sitting around the table. Going, oh, 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 and then credits. Like, you know, every cartoon ever that's ever ended. It's just and every room. war. And every war, there's just a bunch of people just laughing together in a room um, as words scroll up the screen. Uh, but a brief digression. You remember the movie uh, Unbreakable? Yes, I remember. And at the end of that, as like, it comes <laughs> yeah. up and it says... Um, I remember that. There's a still of Samuel Jackson's character. Mm. Uh, and it says, Samuel Jackson's character was later sent from a home to the mentally ill. For the criminally insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and the face of all the characters. I was watching that with my mom and she went, Ah, so it was a true story. <laughs> So what? Well, if the words come up at the end, that means it's a true story. But you thought there was a man who was un- who was who was unbreakable. <laughs> Why is this not news around the world? Why do you have to wait for M Night Shyamalan to tell you about it? He's yeah. the only character that got She's a post script. Right, dumbass. It- <laughs> If I remember correctly, Johnny, um, uh, Samuel Jackson's character is the only character in Unbreakable that gets a postscript, right? It doesn't flash up in any other character's face. Like, it's not like the end of Animal House. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Willis, he's actually quite breakable now. <laughs> he became breakable in 1979. Um, yeah, no, Too many people took the term unbreakable as a challenge. <laughs> and he is now, he's a broken man. Um, I, 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 I think Let's that's Say a, that again, shame. brother. I think that's a shame. I think it's a shame that like um uh, your, your your mother was tricked by this movie because they just added a few words at the end of like a uh, of a film. Well, Shyamalan, he's the master of trickery. Mm. He's um okay because here's the theory of storytelling: is what you do is you have a secret, and then rather than have it tells that information and make us interested anyway, mm. what you do is say, for example, if I was doing it on this audio medium, I'd say, mm-hmm. "Chin, once upon a time, there was." And now you want to know. Now you're invested because you don't. Because I won't tell you. Uh, that's that's very true. Like I never. Thought that's about how that. it works. I never thought about that. You can just sort of like stop your sentence and just end it with a hmm and a sort of suggestive look, and the person will go, "Oh, this is a good story. This is a really good story. I'm I'm gripped. I'm gripped." What happens next? You don't know. I do because I'm the storyteller. So know your place. Excellent use of eyebrows in your storytelling, by the way. Excellent use of eyebrows. Um, I, I, I'm sorry. We, um, we, we haven't really gotten to talking about the road. For some reason, we're talking about Unbreakable. But, um, I was going to say to, uh, Thaddeus, we never really f- figured out, like, uh, whether you'd read this book because you were telling us about the wedding that you crashed in Malaysia. Um, we didn't crash the wedding. Oh, you were invited. We were invited. Okay. And yet you were under fire for 18 days at this wedding. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. Firing down as people fell was to it, the ground. Is it one of those, like, theme weddings where, like, you just have to go there and, like, they shot at you and, and everything? No, it was much worse than that. Were you with the bride or the groom? See, did you see what he did there? Classic storytelling technique. He said it was much worse than that and didn't elaborate and raised his eyebrows. I read the book... While we were under fire. 
Okay, all right. The fire was above. The ice was below. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Okay, well, look, at the risk of... God, the cries. The cries of the seals. Oh, no, no, no. Thaddeus, stay with me. Stay the with seals me. seals jumping through them hoops. Stay with me, Thaddeus. Just like it was some sort of exercise. It's an exercise, Thaddeus. Know your place, soldier. And that's why I will never go back into the game. I'll just train the trainers that train the seals. Okay, okay. I can hear their cries now. Arf, 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 arf. As the bullets shredded them up. <laughs> the seal saw hoops. The Kong knew. The Kong knew if they had hula hoops, the seals wouldn't be able to resist. They were like candies walking into a baby. <laughs> I am not sure. You are Again, I'm, I'm terrified. This is absolutely terrifying. I'm sorry. I don't mean to make light of your, um, uh, your PTSD. But that's the world. That's people for you. Mm, mm. That's where people will get you. So you get you shot up and jump through a hoop like a seal at a Malaysian wedding. Okay. Well, you've clearly been through a lot, Thaddeus. A lot. I, I don't know how to engage with this. It's, I've had a pretty pampered life. I feel a little bit uncomfortable whenever I'm actually placed in the like presence of somebody who's actually suffered as much as you have. I don't know how to deal with this. I don't, uh, oh, I didn't suffer, but the seals did. Every last one of them. Did you bring the book with you to read at the wedding, or did you find it there? I had it in my back, but I only had the first half. So I had the first half of the book already in my bag, and then I found the second half there. Oh, that's... <laughs> it was fate. Silver lining. Maybe it was fate that those seals passed. We'll never know. So you were reading this book whilst the seals were dying. Was it a case of, like, every now and then you'd look up from your page and see a seal die and go, No! And then return to your place in the book and carry on reading? Yeah. You could say that, son. <laughs> wow, that's, that shows a commitment. That's, that's People right. are bad. People are bad. They're evil. People are bad. We have to know how to defend ourselves. Well, I, I agree. That's why I know. I, I mean, kung fu. <laughs> Is that, do you teach the seals kung fu as well? No, that's okay. separate. Okay, okay, okay. I okay. don't think kung fu would have <laughs> helped you against that fire above and ice below. Uh, machine gun uh, hoop. <laughs> Um, massacre. How would Kung Fu come into that? I mean, it's, it's, I'm sorry to bring it up, but... It's it obviously would've... Didn't help for shit. 18 days we were under fire. I, 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 Over I, ice. I think, perhaps... I don't... I mean, at the risk of dredging up some terrible memories for you... Um, what did you think of Cormac McCarthy's Cormac McCarthy's prose style? I loved it. Mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. to the point it distracted me from the bloodshed. I mean, it's been said. It showed me the true nature of people. They're short. They're abrupt. Just like his sentences. <laughs> yeah. 
You could say I that. I could say that again. Yeah. Okay. All right. I get you. Charlie, I mean, uh, I, I also want to get your, your, your input on this as well. Like, um, obviously, your relationship with this book is not going to be as uh, dramatic. I mean, the train I was on was very busy. Um, I didn't even have a seat. Right. You pay, if you're going from uh, King's Cross to Edinburgh Waverley, mm-hmm. that's going to cost you upwards of £60. Right, 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 right. And I had to squat by the bit in the toilets. Oh, okay. Between the carriages is a kind of a netherworld where the toilets and bins and doors are. Under fire, below ice. M- metaphorically. Okay, okay, okay. It wasn't as bad as, as that, but it was... Under very- fire, above ice. Sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, I, 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 yeah, that would just be being underwater. That would be, yes, exactly. Under fire and below ice. It does make a lot of sense. Um, sorry, carry on, carry on, carry on. Uh, anyway, quite, uh, but I was, similarly, I was, I was pleased for the distraction. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, I mean, this is a it is a diverting read. I must say, it's a bleak read, but it also makes you very grateful for what we have right now. Um, let's let's get into the um, nitty gritty, shall we? Let's try and dig deep into the road. Um, the road uh, is possibly Cormac McCarthy's most well known book. Uh, won the Pulitzer Prize in 2007, uh, was famously made part of Oprah Winfrey's book club selection. Um, and it's a brave choice, I think, because, um, I can't imagine many books as bleak, dark, and despairing, um, as The Road is getting that sort of mainstream acceptance. Uh, it was even made into a movie not too long ago as well. Um, essentially telling the story of a, a father and son who were never named, just called the man, the boy, as they try to survive in a post-apocalyptic wasteland where there are no animals and all the trees have died. There's no vegetation and all that's left is just a bunch of human beings desperately scavenging uh, the ruins of their civilization for things that will just keep them alive for another day. Uh, we've got cannibalism. Um, we've got uh, all sorts of murder going on here. Uh, and What's new? Well, this is it. This is a... This is society that has been... has collapsed. Civilization is no more. And human beings have been reduced to their bare, barest of animal instincts in order to survive. Uh, but yet, this book was incredibly successful. I mean, what do you think is the appeal of the road? Everyone loves post-apocalyptic things. Because mm. um, it's... If you're rich and have a pampered life, yep. there's the fantasy of how would I deal with a more human way of living. Mm-hmm. And if you're poor, there's also the aspect of, well, I'm not poor anymore because everyone's been equaled by the... Apocalypse. That's very true. It's not. I, it's not. I'm not the first one to say. Um, if you're homeless, that your life is indistinguishable from the post-apocalypse. <laughs> but that's not my point. That's the writer Dan Harmon says that. Um, so basically, it's a, it's a terrifying future in which everyone is homeless. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, everyone loves the apocalypse. Because oh. uh, you think of th- this came out uh, 2007 ish. There's. A, I don't know exactly when the Pulitzer Prize is awarded. Um, I believe it's on Tuesday. The Tuesday after the book comes out? or the, Oh, it's the second Tuesday after the equinox. The spring equinox. Right. There you um, go. Got it in one. <laughs> um, so you've got this. You had uh, lots of post-apocalyptic movies coming out around that time. All oh, right, right. Um, everyone was into 2012. Remember that? 
I remember 2012. 2012 was like, because I was like, remember Y2K? That was great. Let's yeah. have another one. Yeah, yeah. But more mystical. That's right. That's right. I mean, that's also when um, London hosted the Olympics as well. Coincidence? I don't think so. Mm. So, um, yeah. It's a very good point you, you, you raised there about how uh, everybody fantasizes in some way as like, uh, about the, the apocalypse happening. And What would you do, Jin? What would your... Oh, well, the, I like the point you raised before, which is like, um, the post-apocalyptic landscape would be absolutely terrifying. So I think I'd be laughing a lot most of the time, just wandering through the landscape, just f- fear laughing at everything, at everything You're as very a coping mechanism. Easy to find. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I, I, and that would make me laugh even more. Again, I can't help myself. There's nervous laughter. And there's, if there's more reasons to be nervous, then I'm just saying I probably wouldn't live very long in the post-apocalyptic uh, wasteland. But it'd be fun to have around if they can't keep you around as a kind of, hey, it's the laughing guy. <laughs> it's the laughing guy. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, bring him out on his leash again. You're like, uh, uh, you know those goats that people like to surprise and watch them fall over? <laughs> be similar, but laughing. So you reckon there's- God, he's completely terrified of those goats. <laughs> you can hear him. Breaking up now. We already are cannibals. Okay. You just haven't realized it yet. See? What was in those chocolates? I was just chocolate. <laughs> but we are cannibals. We thrive off the efforts and lifeblood of a fellow man. I, I mean, and we're happy to sit back and chuckle out of fear. You would, I, I have to say, Thaddeus, like, you seem very grim for a person who trains seals for a living. <laughs> Yeah, you could say that, I guess. I mean, what's it? What is it about like trading seals uh, that has allowed you to see the sort of dark side of man? I guess, uh, other than the fact that you saw them all being shot to death in the uh, Malaysian wedding, which I can't help but feel was uh, that's not really part of your training. It was just such a. It was just an awful thing that happened. It didn't necessarily come out that you're dealings with the seals i don't train the seals you train train the the trainers that train the seals so these trainers i mean like do you have to is that there's they're gonna be wearing trainers that's for sure okay proper footwear is number one no flip-flops no sandals no jandals okay what are jandals they're new zealand flip-flops okay why how they different from normal sandals they're the same just in case there's any kiwi listeners out there (laughs) okay jandals no go Sandals, no go. Flip flops, no go. Steel steel toed boots, no go. High heels, no go. Metal shoes, no go. Rubber boots, Wellington type sort of things, no go. Trainers. I get you. I get you. Trainers. Trainers. So Sneakers. No go. I'm getting a bit confused then. So are you training a bunch of shoes? No! Okay, okay. All right. They're actual trainers, but they wear trainers. The trainers are trainers, and I train the trainers that are training the seals. Okay. So... (laughs) So does... so, So are these seal trainers that you're training? Like... Does it allow? Does it lend itself to a certain type of bestial mentality that you'd see in this sort of what you describe as like a, a, a manny man kind of world? You think you know who someone is, mm-hmm. and then you see them train a seal. Uh, the blackness of those animals' eyes. Okay, 
It gets deep in your soul. Okay. They're quite cute often, seals, if they're if they're small. Yeah. You've never seen a seal tear a baby's head off. No, you're right. I can't, okay. I can't claim that. So, so wait, so wait. Neither have I, but I bet it could happen. I bet it could do that. So wait, the seals are Man. Evil. So wait, hold a second. That poor baby's head. So the, se- the seals are the evil ones here, not man. We have to train. Right. Yeah. Kind of on the side of the Viet Cong now, because they, it's like they would just remove nuclear weapons from the world. Okay, all right, but like, let me try and like see if I can understand your moral philosophy. Is a cannibalistic man-eat-man world because seals are evil? Seals are evil. Yep, we've got to st- we we have to take the, the the evil force that could be a seal if yeah. it turned with its black eyes, and we have to wield that and and turn it towards the power of good. We need to use our instinct. We need to use nature. To deflect right. the evils that exist but within what, what, the terrifying realities of the natural world. So why cannibalism? Why cannibalism? Because you said we're all cannibals because seals are evil? Because we thrive of the, of the lifeblood of our fellow man. Okay, so you mean metaphorically we're cannibals. Not, we're, we're not literally cannibals. Look, I asked you, I came around here... <laughs> You, you snuck said, here. You snuck in here. You said, do you want a drink? I did to not Johnny. say this. I heard you. You said it to Johnny. You asked Johnny. You said, do you want a drink? And Johnny was happy to oblige. Right. He okay. took a glass of water. Okay. Didn't he? He did. He did. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. He took he your glass of water he and did. happily chugged down the life force that you bestowed that, upon taking that to him. That's not- he used your life. To nourish himself. He is a cannibal. Okay. We are all cannibals. I didn't take Chin's water against his will. He offered me a glass of water. Oh, so if I offer my ass up on a nice plate and say, Johnny, will you eat my ass? <laughs> and you decide to eat my ass? You're not a cannibal? Buck up your ideas, sunshine, because this is the real world. And we got to be ready. But when the bands get bigger, and it all goes to shit. All right, all right. When the bands get bigger. <laughs> like that one that did Follow the Day. The bands get bigger. Like the Flaming Lips. There's too many people in that band. Arcade Fire. Why are there 12 of them? <laughs> bands used to be just three people. And now they're like 50. <laughs> well... Um, okay. That, that is a very, very broad interpretation of what is considered cannibalism. Um, apparently. <laughs> you could say that again, so. <laughs> apparently, if you, if you give water to some, uh, give a drink to somebody, that counts as a. Uh, I drink my own water. Yeah, so, okay. Pace. Yeah, is that? Yeah. Ah. <sighs> no. It's not piss. Oh, okay. It's just. <laughs> Mixed in with Kool-Aid. Can't waste any calories, not out there. I think... In the wastes of London. I think you can all hear how terrified I am right now. Um, I'm gonna... Ugh, I can't watch that. Um, let's... Let, let me let me try and focus back on the book again. Um, I run dry. <laughs> like a glass of water, Thaddeus. No! I will never eat man flesh! Alright. Um, okay. So, 
this is a book against uh, you, you're into survival right and you say that you will never eat man flesh and you uh, and and you think that's a line you won't cross so at what what's the line that you think um you would cross uh in terms of having to survive and do you think the characters of the road cross any of your lines personally your own moral sort of like a event horizon in order to get by because i think the, the 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 man and the boy in this book the man constantly tells his son who's never known a world that's not like this that they're the good guys and he, they have to maintain a semblance of civilization even though everything's fucked um but do you think at any point the man compromises on his own code and what does it mean to have a code in a world that's irrevocably broken well it's interesting because there's the point about um there's a moment where uh, it's kind of as a revenge, but also as a yeah, cannibalistic move. He um, Their shopping cart gets stolen, and then the man tracks down the guy and steals his mm-hmm. clothes and takes his stuff and leaves him for dead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's a kind of, you could say that's crossing the line there. Mm-hmm. But there's an interesting point about um, morality that in that, there's a thing in academic philosophy gather around, kids! Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm ready for this. It's the rule of art implies can. So I can't say. That, that you ought to do something that is impossible. Yes. Like, I can't say you ought to uh, shoot up into the air like Superman and then save anyone, because that is impossible. Uh, for you, at least, Chin, I don't know what Thaddeus' uh, training is. So, uh, so therefore, if you if someone's got a moral code that makes their death, let's say, 90% more likely, you could, you could run an argument that that moral code is unactionable, mm-hmm. because it's, um, it's impossible to carry out, because it'll kill you instantly. I see. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like I've found a soulmate. <laughs> Do you, you agree with that? You agree that with that supposition? That like I do can't... anything to protect my little girls. You have daughters? Is that what the seals are? Three daughters. Whoa. Human daughters. Okay, okay. Human daughters. Good. I don't fuck with seals anymore with their black eyes. <laughs> you just... Yeah. Uh, you just... Drink your own jizz, apparently. That's, uh. Makes them cool. <laughs> cool aid. Makes them cool aid. That's normal. Um, okay. Are you married you... to their mother? I want to know about Thaddeus' family life. The little bullets. Do you call your car the, call your car the, the chamber? Ooh, that's clever. I don't have a car. Oh. I have a transport vessel. Okay. Would, if I saw it, would I call it a car? To the untrained eye. <laughs> Someone might call it that. Okay. Um, I guess then as a father, you can really relate to the bind that the man finds himself in there. Oh, yeah. Like, what would you have done if you had to, like, well, actually, there's not a fair There was a naked guy in front of me, and he had my shopping trolley, my cart, as we say. Hmm. I mean, that some people would actually pay for that scenario to him. I'd probably train him. I'd probably train him to the bone. And by the time I'm finished with him, he won't know what sucked him. <laughs> so what would you do? Would you, like, make this naked guy clap his hands, bounce a ball on his nose? No, he, but he'd know how to make a seal do that. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. I get you. I get you, you teach a man to eat for a fish. <laughs> you get ten days. Teach a man to eat a fish for life. Dies of obesity. So. Because you can't keep eating fish. That's right. Too much fish kills a man. 
What? How would you mercury t- poisoning? How would Look you- it up, suck up. How would you teach a man to eat four fish? Eat for- so fish, eat plankton, and okay. krill. Yeah. So you teach that man to eat plankton, tiny prawns, in- on behalf of the fish. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's the that's the aim here because like if you teach a man to eat four fish, like no teach- four of fish. <laughs> okay. Four fish. You teach him how to eat four fish. Four God, fish. I get you now. I get you. You're quaking in your boots. It's, now, it's, aren't it's, you? ter- it's terrifying. It's terrifying. I've never heard Eat of people. Four fish. F- like four of something. Yeah. Um. That's. that's but that, that, that passes. That's actually English. Technically, what he said there was an English sentence that made sense. So I, well, I, I see if you picked it up. Um. All right. So the lesson here is that I need to eat four fish. Four of a fish. Four of a fish. So. So a specific fish. Mm-hmm. And four thereof, two squared fish. Okay, okay. I would go for uh, sardines. You did. Well, uh, Not big enough. What? It's four sardines. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Is that also the only thing I'm ever allowed to eat for the rest of my life? You could say that again, brother. <laughs> it's a very interesting diet. Is that how you. So my little girls are out there ice skating on the lake. This naked guy comes up with a trolley. And this guy, by the time I'm done with him, he's going to know how to make a seal jump through a hoop and play football. American football. What What would that prove? It would. I'd be teaching him to eat <laughs> okay, yeah, fish. Yeah, okay, that's, that's, uh, that's part of the, uh, the lessons you've imparted. Would you say justice has been done in that scenario, Johnny? Is that fair? Is that fair? Is what, the fish... The fish scenario. Uh, the, 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 yeah, the whole, the whole catching a, a naked trolley guy turn up whilst your, your daughters are ice skating. And he's just there. And, and also, that's your trolley. What's he doing with your trolley? You still got a pound in there. Well, you gotta get that back. Now, I think the most important lesson, and I think what the, the road is ultimately about is like, what is there still to live for in a world which is this broken? Now, Cormac McCarthy has said about the road that he was inspired to write this book after spending a holiday with his son, and he tried to in El Paso, Texas, and he tried to imagine what the world would look like in one thousand years. Time. Oh God! What well, this holiday was the rest of my life? Yeah, exactly. He he was he was he was pushing a shop, shopping trolley naked at the time with his son, and he thought like, what 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 would this world be like in the future? And he also thought about like what would still exist. What would um be worth living for? Would the moral code change? What is what essentially outlives us? And he also thought about his son, and thought about like what lessons would I want to impart um to my son? So in some ways, um, and and the the road is actually dedicated to his son as well. So the road is kind of like a, one of the weirdest kind of love letters from a father to their son. What, what I mean, and what do you take from the uh, the road itself in terms of if you were going to take one lesson from the road itself, what do you think that lesson would be? Always wear a jacket. Uh, that's a, that's that's such a dad thing to do. Isn't Don't it? leave the house without your jacket. That's a dad piece of advice. That's some serious dad advice. Um, Turn the heating off. Mm, mm, put mm. your jacket on. Mm, mm. Don't. Set the house on fire. Just put a jacket on. I don't actually remember any of these scenes being in the book itself. Don't use an electric fan either. 
just put your jacket on. I definitely don't remember there being an electric fan heater. Only pack what you a jacket. need. What you just need. a jacket. You only need a jacket. That's not going to fit in the boot. You're taking all these toys to, to Dover, are you? One. You can have one. We're going to France. Truer words have never been spoken. I, 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 I guess, okay, so let's, you know, I, I, I am a big dad fan, right? I'm a, I'm a big dad fan. Oh, I love my daddy. I love daddies. I love that. I'm a big fan of daddy culture. Do you love general. all dads? All dads. Joseph all dads. I mean, he, you know, he was not without his own sort of daddy coolness of his own. I mean, he just took it too far. He just took it too far. But he was handy about the house. You can't take that away from um, from old Fritzl. He was handy about the house. Not the Louis best dad. Mm, well, he did that film, that I Love You Daddy. And I can get down with that sentiment. Bill Cosby. Uh, well, you know, 85 Bill, maybe. Not so much now. He's more of a granddad these days anyway, so nah. So you don't like granddaddies? Granddaddies, nah. nah, nah what nah. if there's a daddy that big... In a regal way. Why, a king He's dad. a very grand dad. So, uh, okay, what you're doing there is uh, you're using a different version of the word grand. I don't like using a grand. I just call him a king dad. What if he was a very, very light dad? Yeah. Like he was only a grand. A gram dad. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to allow this. A tiny dad that only weighs a gram? And I could... Put in my pocket. Yeah. Oh, that's that's. Well, no, he's he's that's a dream He's six foot tall. He's just oh. very. He's not very dense. Okay. He's, he's six made, foot tall. He's made of polystyrene balls. That's actually kind of a dream come true. A thin dad that weighs a gram. Look at that, and perfectly balanced. I could just whip him around like a pair of nunchucks or something. What about a grandmother who had a sex change and had it and. So it was a grand dad. Right. And, okay. you, and that was your mother. Okay. But you've had children. Right. So it's a grand dad. I still, a grand dad. If you were talking about a mum who then became a dad, I'd allow that. But if it was a mum who transitioned into a granddad, that doesn't make sense to me. No. Okay. Not only would you have to like change the sex, but she'd also have to have an operation which gave her grandchildren as well. Wait. So let's say you and your wife. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. she's given birth. Yeah. All the family have come to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Your dad's there, supportive. You love him, yeah. And you hold that baby in your arms for the first time, and you turn to your father and go, "Leave now and never come back." Oh no, you are now a granddad, and no, I have no, no time no, no, for you. No, no, that's not how it would go. Um, I take the gun out, put it to his head, and turn him into trash. It's the kindest thing. It is. It is. It's just like I can't bear you to live through the pain of me killing you so you need to be trashed now what about a thousand ads yep. so it'd be like a grand ad well now you're getting to ad territory and I'm not a big I'm not a big ad ad culture uh, advocate um, that's a word what you've done there is you've moved away from dads into ads so, I don't feel it's relevant to this topic of daddy culture right now. What about someone who's from the country of Granada? Okay, okay. But they're dead and delicious. So, they're, they're Gr- Gr- Granadian, but they're 
you're a cannibal. So it's like a Grenadian dead and delicious dad. So how do you call that? You granddad. <laughs> really? You wouldn't say them? You wouldn't call them Grenadian dead and delicious? Because that seems to sum it up quite perfectly. Oh. <laughs> I'd never do that. What about like uh, you're on holiday and a delightful dish was presented to you? Mm. That's like a sort of cold tomato soup with bits of like chocolate and caramel oh, yeah. in yeah. it. And it just... Um, That's the sound But good. also it, it sheds its leaves... In winter, uh-huh. you know, the gazpacho, rollo, and absolute deciduous. So, Would you like that? Ooh, that sounds all right. That sounds nice. And but, but which in love to, to M. Night Shyamalan on you. What? That spells granddad. What? You should baba ding dong me. Oh, what? And therefore it is granddad. That's how acronyms work. I've been speaking this whole time in acronyms. <laughs> and you have con- <laughs> agreed, mate. I'm sorry, I'm saying it's get a good lawyer. Whoa, okay. We're all cannibals in the end. We're all eating each other. Okay, all right. One big Ouroboros. Just like Jordan Peterson said. (laughs) The greatest dad of all. I don't know know why you, Thaddeus. I don't know why, Thaddeus, I don't know why you're questioning me on my love and appreciation of dad culture. Because you are a daddy. You're a daddy. You've got three uh, three daughters. So surely you're on board with the I'm whole... I'm questioning your granddaddy culture. Okay, okay, okay. All right. I... <sighs> Would morality work after the apocalypse? I mean, we're all just attacking each other now. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. But I, I, mean, I... Yeah, I'm starting to agree with Thaddeus. It seems to be <laughs> no difference whatsoever. Okay, okay. But I, this is the th- one. my takeaway from the bro. Um, is that, like... Despite everything that's been destroyed, everything that's been left away, one thing persists beyond the, the apocalypse, and that's daddy culture. Daddy culture is so powerful; it's right there. And you've seen, I've seen a lot of uh, instances of it in like um, uh, this sort of uh, uh, post-apocalyptic narratives, like of dads sort of coming forward and saying, "Daddy's going to take care of everything." Uh, the Last of Us, a great example of that. Um, God of War, the recent God of War game, not post-apocalyptic, but it's a dad. Doing stuff. Oh, Walking Dead. Walking Dead. That's major dad culture. Or like Walking Dead. Walking Dead. There you go. There you go. Walking you know, Dead. That show about those guys who have to like walk through a sea of trash to, uh, in order to not become trash. I love it. I love it. Uh, Johnny, what did you think of The the Road by Cormac McCarthy? I liked it. I think it's a good book. It's a bit like it reminded me of Cloud Atlas. It's got similar themes. We didn't discuss those during the podcast, but it does. <laughs> Well, uh, which themes? Keeping civilization alive. Ah, okay, okay. Um, okay. And in Cloud Atlas, the people who are trying to keep civilization alive and be the good guys are wiped out by people who don't. I mean, I guess this is a question I haven't asked yet. Do you think that there's any hope in this book at all? I think the kind of the success of it is that the success of that the boy has is that he's beyond hope and fear. He just has to behave. So he's got an animalistic quality to him. There, it's like if you're playing cards. You should never hope that you gain a certain card. You just look at what you've gained and work out how you can respond to that. Right. Um, and like, there's more literary analysis in my forthcoming pamphlet, How to Be a Rich Poker Player by Johnny Gillen. <laughs> it costs um, £800 a go, but it's worth it. Ooh, okay, £800. Sounds like a bargain to me. Yeah. The uh, last, I'll tell you, 
obviously you won't you won't show us on the podcast. I'll tell you, Chin. Yeah, the course. last one is just learn the basics of poker and then make a book that's really expensive. Oh wow! Okay. And then you're a rich poker player. You're not rich because you're a poker player. You just happen to be a rich guy who plays poker mm. in their spare time. But that's like level six. Right? Okay, okay. So did you like this book? Yes. Tooth. Uh, I recommend two thumbs up. Excellent. Um, Thaddeus, what did you think of The Road? It taught me everything I needed to know about being a father. And it taught me that being a father alone in this world will do nothing but get you killed. Huh. You gotta be willing to die for your kids. Mm. And I will die. I will sacrifice myself to save my ice skating daughters. Of course, of course. This is why I love daddy culture so much. It's so intense. It's so intense. And it's kind of like a death cult as well, which is like uh, the most intense of all things. Like, hmm. good stuff. Good stuff. You describe daddy culture like it's a kind of uh, posh chocolate mousse. <laughs> it's, it is, it is very rich. It's very rich, daddy culture. Uh, ooh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I mean, okay. So you like this book then? You've, it, it seems like you've taken a lot of like, I mean, considering it has so many negative memories for you as well with the uh, Malaysian weddings and seals being shredded by machine gun fire. Like it's, it kind of brings a little tear to my eye to think that you can still look at it with such positivity. Trust me. When you're on the foxholes, mm-hmm. you look round and you say that you don't need to not be one of the other ones. Okay. <laughs> you say that you can be there, that you can be square and you can have hair on your chair. But tell me this. If you have hair on your chair, is your bear really there? <laughs> or is it a scare, a nightmare? Did, did you enjoy this book then, Thaddeus? Do you enjoy the toughest learning curve you've ever been on in your life? No. But I wouldn't change it for the world. Not for my little girls. Okay. Not for all the SEAL trainers I've sent out into the army. So is that a positive review or a negative review? You're trying to fit this uh, man's sort of... Yeah, it's like if you said he's, he's seen he's seen beyond the veil of reality and man's like uh, like bestial nature. It's like you saying to Colonel Kurtz, uh, rate this out of five. It's like he's beyond the uh, yeah. binary system. It's true, but I'd like to think that like when um, you have a, have you ever known anyone with cancer? Uh, no, I have survived cancer three Whoa. times, butthole cancer every time, and every time it was horrible. My butthole exploded. Right, 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 right. But every time I came out stronger and stronger, Mm -hmm. and now I'm made of steel. Okay. So if you ask me, did you enjoy cancer? I'd say no. Okay. But am I better for having had cancer and having a steel butthole? Right. Yeah. Okay. So if I was to ask you whether this it would go into the Cancer Hall of Fame and we could play this song, would you say yes or no? I'm just saying, this is the scale that we've got it on. I just need to know whether I can play this music or not. I need 12 hours to answer. Oh my goodness, okay. Um, bear with us whilst we wait 12 hours for him to come up with his suggestion. Please enjoy... Uh, whatever interstitial music that I'll put in here now. 
12 hours later, uh, we've been, div- we've been having a chill. I time. need to go. Uh, Johnny, Johnny, everybody needs to go. Everybody needs to go. I missed a lot of stuff in the past 12 hours, but I feel we've all gotten to know each other quite well. Uh, we, uh, we, we, <laughs> yeah, you can say that again. Yeah, I mean, a lot has, a lot has gone on in the past 12 hours as Thaddeus has made his decision. I feel like we were, we've really, really bonded in the past 12 hours. Um, but that's not important. By the Breakfast Club. Kind of, kind of like the Breakfast Club. I, I, I found out about your that traumatic Christmas you had, uh, when you said it, it was another banner year at the Gillum household, uh, where you smoke up, Johnny, smoke up, Johnny, <laughs> smoke up. Yeah, yeah. Right, we found that all of us deep down are a princess, uh, six foot seven steel seal trader, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and a and a book aficionado. Exactly. And also, uh, I was like a, a really dorky looking girl, but now I'm really hot now because I put a bit of makeup on my face. I remember I got really stressed about halfway through mm-hmm. and I went and I got my hip flask and I went to have a sip and I looked at it and I went and I threw it away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's expensive. And we met that really wise janitor who was living at my house for some reason. Yeah, that seemed kind of inappropriate in 2019, yeah. but, um, it was uh, it was great. Yeah, uh, it's a shame we stopped recording. Yeah, it was well, like I said, it would have been. It was twelve hours. There's no way I could have recorded it all. But that's not important, Johnny. What's important is whether Thaddeus liked this book or not. Yeah, he said yes, everybody. Um, I think it's a unanimous decision, which means oh, I've been waiting so long to do this, like twelve hours to do this. Uh, I'm gonna play the song now. I mean, come on, that was totally worth the 12 hours like that we waited. Uh, thank you so much for your thoughts on this book. But as we all know, not every book is perfect, right? Um, I'm going to give you a bit of time now to think about how you would have improved this oh, book. I should have thought about that when we had the time. <laughs> I'm sorry, I should have brought that up. But uh, like, uh, yeah, we can always improve this book. And let me have your th- thoughts on how you would have improved The Road by Cormac McCarthy in the section we call Notes. I've also extended this to be 12 hours long, so we have a lot of time. Do you know what this song is based off of as well? Because it's not an original composition, I based it off another song. Oh yeah? Yeah. No, I don't. What is it based on? It is based upon You Can't Touch This by MC Hammer. Wow. There you go. You learn a little something every day. Uh, notes, everybody. Let's go in a anti-clockwise fashion. Thaddeus, tell me about your notes. How would you have improved the road? Asking me how you would have improved the road is like asking me how you would have improved the Second World War. How would you have improved the Second World War? I would have not had it happen, but then it has to happen. So that we can learn from mistakes. I would have made it shorter. 
We're scurrying around very dark territory. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying, with the Second World War, they've only been five minutes long, right? Like, Hitler going, I declare war. And then he's like, no, you don't. Like, yeah, right. I was just joking. And that ends the war. Also, it's only five minutes. It's not like fast motion. Where No, 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 no. It's, it's just, a, it's, it just gets started. Nobody dies because immediately it's like Hitler like moves his tanks in there and they go, actually, I've changed my mind. And he moves his tanks back out. And they and say, fire on five. One, two, three, four. Then Hitler dies. Yes, exactly, exactly. That's exactly how I'd want the World War Two to go. World War Two were only five minutes. The future, i.e., now, mm. is sufficiently different that we would probably not really exist. Um, so this is what we call this. Is called, it's called the non-identity problem <laughs> in academic philosophy. Tune in to my poker uh, memories of academic philosophy and and, and how to improve World War Two. <laughs> uh, it's like a. Ma- you get every week. You get a magazine and part of a toy, mm-hmm. like a model, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of build that up slowly, week by week. <laughs> how, how I would have fought World War Two better, Johnny Gillen. Mm. Um, I talk to veterans; sex. they get very antsy about it. <laughs> uh, but we're not trying to improve World War Two. Come on, come on! Like we're trying to improve the road. I mean, like what was uh, you? You use the World War Two analogy, and I'm still not sure what that means. I would have had the father die at the beginning. <laughs> Whoa! Okay. And then the kid has to remember his dad the whole time and the voices in his head. Whoa, that sounds like a very dark book. What would he, I mean, how does that work though? Is he sort of like talking to his ghost dad? Which it's is the ghost Bill, of his dad. It's a Bill Cosby movie. But, um, yeah, the ghost of his dad is there guiding him all the way, uh, and telling him stuff like, we are the good guys. You got to keep the carry on the fire. Yeah. I mean, essentially what you've described is almost like a sequel to the book that we've just read though, with the dad dies. At the beginning, but it would be at, at, at the end of this book, but like he'd be dead at the beginning of the sequel. So this is the road too, isn't it? If that's what you wanted me to say, <laughs> that's not what I want. I, I didn't want you is to say. Is that what anything. you wanted me to say? I just want answers. I think I'm entitled to the truth. I'm not a writer. Okay. I'm a SEAL trainer. Trainer. Okay. Okay. I, but everybody has opinions, right? <laughs> I can say that again. <laughs> You can say that again. Okay, okay. All right. That's your note. The father dies at the beginning and haunts the boy like a ghost. (laughs) You can say that again. (laughs) Okay. All right. That's a fairly comprehensive note. I'm very sparse, but uh, I... Yeah, okay, I can see that working. I can see that working. Uh, Johnny, how would you have improved uh, the road? I'd like to see more from the gangs of marauding cannibals. Because they're kind of, like, sort of homogenous. Mm. Uh, maybe one of them's, like, uh, they used to be a Amdran group, and now they're a gang of marauding cannibals. Right. So they're good at tricking you. Right. Things. Okay. And maybe there's one that's, like, the Jets and the Sharks from West Side Story. They're not part of the Amdram group. These ones just, like, decided we're going to be singing. Mm-hmm. And um, you can tell you're into trouble because he come up to you and you just, you just hear, and then you don't. Ah! Maybe one of them, well, maybe one gang is dressed as Roman centurions. Okay, just okay. had a bit of a bit of flair to the apocalypse. I see. I mean, so you essentially wanted to be a bit more like the Walter Hill movie, The Warriors, in some ways. And uh, yeah, I also thought there should have been uh, a tin can radio system in which calls for murder were put out over a great Motown beats. Um, and there'd be like a bunch of like uh, people who are 
baseball zombies, I guess. That's what the, uh. The baseball furies. Yeah. What were they meant to be? They were meant to be a baseball team, but they were, they had monster makeup. I think on. it's just intimidating sports makeup. I, I also, I would have everyone be called boppers throughout the book. I think the baseball furies are my favorite because they, they couldn't decide whether they wanted to be like zombies or baseball players. So they don't like the high hats. They're the yeah. mime gang. The mime gang were pretty funny, yeah, they're the mime gang. Uh, they're like the orphans whose gang uniform is just jeans and a t-shirt. <laughs> the reformed <And> Jews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, 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 it's... The devout Christians. The devout Christians, they were very good. They were very, very good. Uh, uh, look, ultimately, like... I, I think the baseball furies were a bit confused. I thought it was a little bit confused. Um, That's why they lost. They did lose. They did lose. <laughs> <laughs> the Warriors. The Warriors, everybody. Good film. Good film. Good film. Certified fresh. Yeah. Do you know, do you know who doesn't like that film? Hitler. Well, yeah, close. Dan. Dan often doesn't like, um, the Warriors. Uh, I hate that guy. He's, ugh. Dan's quite theory based. I accuse him of trying to, make a film match his theory of what a good film should be. He's like Satra on Citizen Kane. Now let's talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> For several hours. <laughs> what, what, what What do you think Dan's notes on the road would be then? Uh, Probably be. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's a good book. I think it's interesting. I would have um, liked more Wait, is this Dota you? in it. <laughs> <laughs> is this you as Dan Offen? That's me as Dan Offen. I hate that guy. <laughs> Son he's six foot seven as well. He's huge, yeah. He's That's huge. the main reason I don't like him. Because he's another big guy. He's the only other guy that if... weighs as much as I do. Oh, weighs? And is as tall. Oh, okay, okay. That we have the same BMI. But he's made of steel. But, but, that is, you're made of steel. <laughs> and you and Dan are the same size. And you're also the same weight. Steel is heavier than human flesh. Wait, unless Dan is made of steel as well. Hmm. I Dan never even, eats I never pellets even. of lead. He has terrible lead poisoning. <laughs> His stomach is lined with lead. It's the one thing I can't see through. <laughs> I, um... Wait! <laughs> You've got x-ray vision. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that again? You could say that okay, again. Okay, okay. Well... Um, I think we've got a good idea of how we'd have improved this, this book. I like that. I like it. Uh... Uh, Thaddeus would have started the dad dying at the beginning. Johnny, you would have had it more like the Warriors of every, all the Marauding Cannibals having a theme, uh, an appropriate theme. And Dan would have had it, all those except with more Dota in it. So there'd be a scene where the boy plays Dota in the middle of his wasteland. For dad tuts. Yes, and, and dad's like going, kids today with their Dota. But then later, his Dota skills are coming useful in like preventing an attack. How would they, uh, you see, I think farming know. for creeps. <laughs> I don't even know how Dota works, so I assume... Oh, there's involves... a great podcast that explains it. <laughs> Tell me more about this podcast. It's called Stupid Dumbasses Suck Dicks <laughs> and Listen to Each Other Barble About Dota. That's Yeah, that's right. You come get me often. I'll suck your dick so hard you never even saw tomorrow. And that's a promise. I've never heard that threat before. <laughs> I'd suck your dick so hard, you'll never even saw tomorrow. So why? He's like, that'd only be a problem if he was a carpenter, really. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> you heard me often. Come get my dick off. 
Is this still a threat? I, don't, I feel like this is going somewhere else other than a threat. If you have any guts left in your balls, <laughs> invite me on Dota Podcast. Is this like the equivalent of, you know when a schoolboy, like, pulls the hair of a girl he fancies? Possibly. Or, or a schoolboy oh, fucking jack your ass! A schoolboy really wants to appear on the girls' podcasts. <laughs> so he pulls her pigtails until he's like, okay, I'll put you in the podcast. I think, um, Dan, if you're listening, I think you should put, uh, I think you should invite Thaddeus onto your podcast. He's been the dream of a guest on today's show. And I think. Although you have been cackling with fear throughout. For most of it. For most of it. Whoa, where's he gone? He just disappeared like that. Into the ether. Uh, impressive, but impolite. A little bit. I, not even a good bite. Irish good Dan, I only have this to say to you if you're listening to this right now. Probably look behind you. Be on the lookout for a six foot seven man made out of steel. Answers to the name of Thaddeus. Uh, and he, mm, well, if you're not careful, he might be sucking your dick already. You don't know. He can just suck. He, he, he just likes do the good old sneak and suck. That's the most terrifying thing of all, having your, your dick sucked and not even know. <laughs> yes, just literally. Because what would be the point of it? <laughs> like, did I get my dick sucked just then? I don't know. Well, you never know. He's like the predator, except we're sucking. Um, yeah, so be on the lookout for that man, Dan. We're very worried about you. I don't think there's anything else to say. It's becoming less of a podcast and more just a phone call between friends. <laughs> just literally <laughs> warning each other. To watch out for their dicks. Um, I think, I, I think, like, we, we, let's, let's, let's call it there, Johnny. I think we should call it there. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Thank you. about the road and Thaddeus, wherever you are. It was also a pleasure sharing your thoughts about your history at Malaysian weddings. Uh, but, um, I think that's all we have time for. Unless you want to plug anything. I yes. Say. If you like books and things that are funny and you are in Brighton in the first weekend of May, you can come see the show Ahab, or What If Moby Dick Were Stand-Up Comedy. A stand-up comedy adaptation of Moby Dick into this new form, in a move my friends have called self-sabotagingly experimental. <laughs> um, what is the venue? What the times? I think I really think you're better off just Googling it. What, you're going <laughs> to go to Brighton and then like listen to the, the last two minutes of this, I hope, heavily edited podcast. <laughs> <laughs> On the Fringe app, put in Ahab, and mm-hmm. you'll find it. Okay, okay. You, you, I'm the most lazy promoter of my own show. <laughs> Just fucking come, man. Do, do check that out. This is a man to watch. I mean, at some point... <laughs> yeah, that's to... what the show is. It's a man to <laughs> it's watch, a man to watch <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> Talk about... Telling that. jokes about whales. I mean, like, if you've, if you've made it to the end of this podcast, I can assume you've got a lot of patience. So, but why not, why not tr- test your patience even further? Fuck off. <laughs> Good show. <laughs> um, I, I think that's all we have time for. Thank you so much for being on the show, Johnny. Thank you, Thaddeus, out there somewhere looking for Dan's dick. Uh, until next time, my name's been Shinty. Keep supporting your local bookstores and libraries. Bye-bye. I love you.